right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, super excited to be here on another episode of Jumpstart Sessions. These are solo sessions. So uh, this episode is going to be um, it's going to be fun because I uh, am inside a group, full time filmmaker. And this is where I'm going live right now to record this because I did a poll and about 50 people, um, you know, essentially filled out the poll. The poll was when you get an inquiry via email, text, or in Messenger, and they tell you that they want, uh, they tell you what they want, and then ask, are you available and how much will it cost? My question was, what are you doing next? And so it was get the potential client on the phone to discuss the project first and then give prices, or try to find out more info via email, et cetera, and then give them prices, no phone. So, the interesting thing was I thought based on this group, honestly, that I would have more people fill out the – they don't use the phone than there were people who do. But interestingly enough, there were 30 people out of 50 who essentially – 50-ish who filled out the phone option. And then there was about 24 people who filled out the I don't use the phone option. So before I go into that, I know some of you are new here uh, to me, uh, listening, viewing, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to give a really brief uh, a background here for some, uh, for some of those of you who are new and some of you have listened to over uh, the 19 episodes that we've released so far for Jumpstart Sessions. I do solo sessions like you're about to experience, and I've also done a lot of coaching sessions. That's the majority of the episodes where I actually coach somebody one-on-one, and those are free right now, and you can go to jumpstartsessions.com. Net, fill out a simple little form, schedule the call, and we rock that out. And those have been a lot of fun. And I've actually done a lot of those with people within the group, uh, Full Time Filmmaker. So, for those of you who don't know me, been in video production uh, since I was in high school. So, I'm 33 years old, just a few weeks ago on September 4th. And I started in 2004 and I did funeral slideshows. Uh, my dad works at a cemetery, so the first things I did was funeral slideshows, and then from there, I got asked to do a wedding. I filmed over 300 weddings in my career. One of the main things I did was same-day edits, and that's what really catapulted my career in so many, so many ways, and in the beginning, when I did my first one in 2006, uh, nobody exactly knew what those were. There was maybe, I don't know, 20 plus of us doing it in the entire United States, and I had to go back to my studio on a computer, capture tape whole different process than what's available to people today. And, um, and so that was a blast. And then I reached out to Tim Ferriss in 2010. I got to film his launch party for The 4-Hour Body, which opened up another door to film for him again, which opened up a door then when I reached out to Tony Robbins and then uh, went to Sir Richard Branson's Island four times, Lewis Howe's, Social Mark World, all these incredible events and conferences and it's been quite a ride. And I don't say all that to impress, but to press upon you that anything is possible because during all of that in the last 13 plus years, I've still lived in a town of about 26,000 people uh, near St. Louis, Missouri, here in the Midwest. And um, it's been quite a ride, to say the least. And so one of the things that I love is more than anything, and if you're enjoying this, give some likes and love. Excited to be on here uh, if you're viewing this live. And again, we are on Jumpstart Sessions. So today we're going to talk about getting on the phone versus not getting on the phone and the results that came out of that. So I'm going to get right to it, right out of the gate. And I don't find this, I've never had the numbers, I never did the data. I just intuitively knew that getting on the phone and building relationships was the way to go. And it's something that I've always naturally 
gone towards because, well, quite frankly, anybody who consumes anything uh, from me for very long <laughs> knows that, you know, if, if you're looking at my grammar for when I'm writing something, you're going to be grossly disappointed. But, you know, if you try to just catch the gist of it, you'll get something out of it. So I'm not exactly the best writer, never have been. But when it comes to speaking, this is something that has grown over time. And so with weddings, I did everything I could to always either meet with people or get on the phone. The interesting thing on this is that out of all the people, which I got, I got almost everybody. Out of the 50 people, I'd say I at least had probably half, if not more, who responded to one single question that I had. So I said, thanks for uh, filling out the poll. And I said, I have one question for you if you're willing to ask or answer. They said, yes. And I said, what is the highest you've ever been paid for a job? And out of all the people who chose the option, more or less of, I do not get on the phone. So that's more or less what they probably do 90 plus percent of the time. It doesn't mean they never speak to somebody, but they chose and prefer the method of not having to pick up the phone to talk to somebody. This is completely different right now, what I'm talking about, than cold calling people. I'm talking about you have had somebody contact you through your form, through Messenger. Somehow they've contacted you in an auditory form via text, and your next step is to prefer to contact them back and forth via text and not get them on the phone. The highest paid job out of the people who do not get on the phone was $1,500. When I probed a little bit more, those people, uh, different ones had different justifications as to why they choose to attempt to do everything via you know, email or text. I have, a, I have a running tab on everything we talked about so there's no confusion, um, whatever it was. But even the $1,500 ones, a lot of that, there was some kind of relationship. There was some kind of connection. And outside of that, they were saying their average was really five to $800. Now, the interesting thing was, is it kept increasing, increasing, increasing with the people who chose to somehow have face-to-face contact, have phone contact, something that wasn't just via email. It started right out of the gate at like $4,500, and I had another at $4,000, $3,500, then it went to like $8,000, and then it went to $18,000, and then I had one at $38,000 out of the people that I pulled, of the people who chose the option that I do what I can to get people on the phone. Because here's the thing, I kind of I joked after the fact, um, if you're enjoying this, give some likes and love, we've got some fire here, I've got a lot to say about this, because my... My main goal with what I do here and the coaching that I, I do with uh, you know, videographers and filmmakers is to really shift perspective, to shift mindset, to help build your clarity about what your problems are, what your products are, your confidence in that. Because when you have greater levels of clarity and certainty and confidence, then you'll have the ability to get bigger jobs. See, I, I'm not saying there's, there's always an asterisk and there's always nuance to all of this, right? I'm, I've had jobs that were above $1,500 that I never got on the phone, but I also already had meetings with those people. I already did jobs with those people. So it wasn't, I've never met you. I've never interacted. We have zero relationship. So let's try to do a deal for $15,000 just by typing each other back and forth. And so there's always a lot of exceptions to the rule, but the reality is, is that You wouldn't get married to someone having zero ever met the person at all. Like you're just going to text back and forth for five years and then you're going to be like, you know what? I think we should get married. Let's just continue this marriage via text message and email as well, right? The bigger the commitment, the bigger the reward. 
And so what you'll find is, is that at times people who are just emailing people and texting people and they don't even, they won't even get on the phone themselves when you try to get on the phone, they're typically price shopping because they don't need to have you and they may or may not care who they have. And so they've, they've found a number of different people that they think look good to them. They fill out their contact forms and they say, Hey, you know, here's what we need. Are you available? And how much is it? And what a lot of people just go to, cause like, okay, they told me what they want. I can do what they want and I'm available. So I'm gonna give them a price. And I see this all the time in the different groups. There's these, these like screenshots of people's messenger interactions. And they're like, Oh, I, how much does this cost? 700. They're like, Oh, I only got $200. Right? Because for them, it's about price. And quite frankly, if you as the consumer don't have any idea what the difference is about a, a product or service, and to you, all the videos or you know, the services look similar, and you've emailed five people, you don't necessarily have this affinity to one or the other, why would you pay five times more when there's somebody for five times less? So if there's somebody for a thousand, why would you pay $5,000? If to you, there's no difference, you, you more than likely wouldn't. And so what I find is, is you've got to build that relationship. You've got to have that conversation. And now different services have different thresholds of what you're offering and who you may be dealing with, right? But the thing that I help people shift a lot and I talk about a lot is, now I've added another layer to this, is, is Subway versus a master chef. A lot of people, especially when we're in our earlier stages of our career, we're just Subway. We're just a fast food, fast food restaurant, right? You don't go through the drive-thru somewhere and they say, what do you want? And you just go, make me whatever you want. I'm feeling frisky today, right? Make whatever you want. And you tell me what it costs, right? That doesn't happen. You go through a drive-thru, you go to Subway, you tell them what you want. They take orders from you and you tell them what, they, what you want, right? I don't want onions. I want green pepper. I want this and that. Sometimes I've gone enough into somewhere like Subway. They happen to know what I want. But then I throw it up and they're like, nah, I'm changing it up today, right? And I tell them what I want now again. And they take that order. And what happens is, is in that situation, most places, most service providers who are just simply order takers and do what the, and, and this is a fine line, right? Because it's not about not being collaborative. It's not about not, uh, you know, figuring out at all what the client wants. It's not about that. It's not this my way or the highway, but what I am saying is, is if you're just a person with a camera and editing software, there are also millions of now people who have cameras and editing software just like you. And so therefore, you're more or less a commodity when you look, smell, sound, feel, price like everyone else. And that's where being able to shift the conversation away from pricing and more of a solution and a problem solver and being an, an advisor and guiding and knowing more about what it is you're potentially going to do for the client that's more than just what they thought they might need. Because maybe at times, and I've had this when I got more confident and more clear about what it is I do, there's been people who've come to me that they say they want a specific something. And I say, if you really want that, if that is what you need and that is really what you want, then I'm not your person. Here's what I do, da, 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 why that's da, 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 da. I'm not gonna go with all that right this second. But, and then standing strong and powerfully for what it is you do, what it is you do best, what you're excellent at, what you say no to, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you think of the highest, uh, the, the, the highest cost restaurants, the master chefs that are out there where you go in 
And quite frankly, you might pay $300 for a six course meal that you have no choice over what's going to come out. You don't get to pick anything on the menu. You don't get to pick how the burgers are cooked, nothing. And it's probably also not a lot of food at times, right? It's just that little, it's, it's designed well, et cetera, et cetera. But those people, you take what the chef makes. Now that's the extreme level because again, I'm not saying that you just take whatever, uh, um, that you ask your clients to let you do whatever you want and there's zero input on them. It's not about that. But I find that most times they haven't been through this process. They don't know what's going on. They're looking for support. They're looking for help. They're looking to be educated. And so they only know what they might have know or have read. And so they throw something out. Oh, we just need this. So a lot of events, you know, at times that I filmed through the years, the natural thing to come at is – um, and if you're enjoying this, give some likes and love and uh, put some questions. I'll be looking in the chat here shortly. Um, but, you know, one example that I have a number of examples, but one time I uh, – well, I'll give you a few here. These are good. So uh, one time I had actually Tony Robbins' people because um, we had done a bunch of projects and he was going to do these interviews with these billionaires and these multimillionaires and um, – and uh, it was for his book, Seven Steps to Master the Money Game. And uh, it was interesting because I was I, – I got a call and you know they were just saying because it's natural again, right? Everybody, quite frankly, wants to get the best deal that they can get. And most people are going to attempt to do that unless somebody backs up against them. And so they were essentially just wanting interviews. We weren't even going to do any editing in this particular situation. We were going to come in and execute these interviews and that was it. And basically, Tony had one chance, one opportunity to get these people. And they said, well, we've got somebody that's about half the price of you. I can't remember the price exactly, but we're going to call it $4,000. $4,000 for just the shooting, two people to go in just to shoot. So they're claiming they have somebody for $2,000. Now, here's the interesting thing. I was in a very confident and certain and clear position in my life at that time so and after coming off the tony robbins events i was like here's the deal <laughs> i'm gonna pull a tony on you like what would tony do is this really about money like is money really the issue here the reality is it's not because here's the thing you're gonna go into these interviews and you have one opportunity to do it i've already got a rapport with tony he's hired me into other things there was a there was a sandy hook thing that wasn't even publicized there was a sandy hook when all the people got shot, and he, he went into this Holiday Inn, got people around in a circle, and helped those families out. It was never publicized or anything, and those are the kind of things that he would do from time to time, and so I got called in on that, and he's like, you're here for more than just your skill set. There's an energy and presence about you, and that's why I wanted you here, and so I brought that up to them, and I said, well, you know, we've got this rapport already built, and you know, he's going to come into these things fast. He needs to trust that it knows it's going to be done and done well and done right, and he doesn't have anything to worry about and stress about, and there's already a, a rapport and an energy built that I'm going to be able to, to bring to the table. And so um, – and I said we're going to have backups to our backups, like right? Like I, don't, I can't speak for the other team. I, I, I really don't know. They may do an excellent job. You may not have any problems whatsoever. I can't speak for them, but I can speak that we're going to have backups to our backups. So we're not going to come in one camera on the one person, one camera on the other. We're going to have two and two. We're going to sit here, and we're going to have backups to that. I'm going to have you know extra audio. We had all these extra things, and I just – building that this is more than just saving $2,000 when we're talking about interviewing a billionaire. 
and knowing that you know there's other things they're spending even more money on. So with that pushback, with that confidence, with that certainty, with that clarity, with the ability to stand strong and powerful in that moment, because the easiest thing for most of us to do is just go, well, what, well, what are they charging? You know, what, what do they charge, right? So you're saying if I just meet their price or below it, I'll get the job, right? And I've had this a number of times where it's like you're just going, okay, well, I mean, so they're going to charge $5,000 and I was eight. Okay, I'll do it for 4500 right? That seems like the logical, easy thing to do. But honestly, that looks bad 99% of the time if you're like given a price and you just literally drop it by thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just because they're not willing to, to pay that. Now, sometimes you're going to lose. I'm not saying that this is an automatic win all the time. But there's been other times where we've had, there was a, a Panera Bread once. Um, we came in, this is what we do, this is what we do excellent, this is the price, and they're like, ah, not, not quite a right fit. Um, that's, that's not what we need right now. Price isn't quite right, et cetera, et cetera. And a year later, they came back and they worked with us. Our price, exactly what we do excellent. And so um, it's a very fascinating thing when you have that confidence and that certainty and that clarity, when you're earlier in your career, you don't have it possess any of that. So you're just tickled to death that somebody's willing to pay you money. There's nothing wrong with that. I've been there, right? Me and my two buddies would go out, be gone for 12 hours, and we get 250 bucks, right? Those were phenomenal, fun days. The more you have contrast in life, the more there's things right now you haven't experienced. So you can't desire things that you've either never seen, heard, or know about, or even experienced yourself. But then when you do, what happens is you see people in business for a year, two years, three years, they've started to experience jobs that they find really, really awesome and fun and enjoyable. And then they have ones where like, eh, that's not as fun. And it doesn't matter always the price. And so when you realize there'll always be plenty of opportunities for people to pay you next to nothing or to pay you to do things that you don't really want to do and or you're not really great at. And there's a little mental shift here for a second too. When you take on work just because you can and are capable, there's two things here. If you're not excellent at something yet, but you really desire to be and you really want to get better at it and you really want to do it, that's one thing. When you know you're not good at something, when you know you don't want to do something, and it is literally only a money play, to me that's a disservice to the client because you're not going to do as excellent of a job as you probably could because you don't really want to be there, you don't really want to do it, and et cetera, et cetera, down the line, whereas somebody else, like your trash is somebody else's treasure. When you start to realize that and make your competition your friend and become friends with the people around you who each start to hopefully have sweet spots, then now there's this little referral circle that can start to happen and it's a really powerful thing, right? When something doesn't fit you, you can refer that to somebody else and when that stuff doesn't fit them, they can refer it to you. So I'm gonna look in the chat here. I think that there's a number of things uh, popping up here for a second, but super, super, super excited. Got a, let's see here, da, 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 da. There's no homework in this conversation. I've been thinking about this and I don't think it, making calls that get higher amounts because I would have quoted the same price over the phone. Maybe it's more how serious the person is in their business. You know, it's interesting. Yes and no, because the person who said this was also, I think one of the ones who, you know, it wasn't one of the ones above $1,500. And so 
you also don't have the confidence or you're not dealing with the right clients who would have paid more. So for sure right now, right? There are situations when you're under 1500 or under even maybe $2,000 where, you know, you're going to email people and you can get the jobs and there's going to be situations you get more. And so I can pretty much promise you that big jobs, the bigger amounts, when you tell me I had a lead off of Google, you know, Google or Facebook, they don't know who I am, no referral. They just randomly come across me and they contacted me and said, here's what I want. And you tell them it's $5,000 for that. They say, hell yes, let's do it. Let me know. Because there's always going to be variables to that. And like I said, I've gotten jobs via text message that were $8,000. I already worked with those people in the past, right? When, when you have a demand for who you are and what you do, you can get much higher rates for the work that you do. Right, And there's a big difference here between you getting the job on your own, taking on the whole thing as a, as a bigger production. Um, that doesn't mean tons of people or anything. That just means you negotiate the job, talk about the job to the client. What are we trying to accomplish with this, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to shoot it. You might get some help. You're going to edit it. You might get some help, but it's the whole thing. You're not the other person as a, just a camera operator or just an editor and somebody else is getting the job. So it, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing there. Um, I, uh, I think it's not necessarily you would quote or charge more by calling someone, but somebody is more likely to say yes, even if you cost more than the competition, if it's over a phone call, because it's building more of a personal connection. Love the analogy. It's fast food versus fine dining. Uh, why do you pay more for a high class, uh, luxury restaurant? It's not just because the food is better. It's about the experience. What is the atmosphere like? What is the customer service like? What other meals or desserts do they offer? The same is working with a creative business in the process, right? So the reality is absolutely the experience that you produce for somebody. See, here's the thing though. When I got really good at it, I was able to take somebody who literally would say their budget was $1,500 and they'd spend $2,500, right? Those are the kind of things that I was able to make happen when I had like, and you have to stand for your worth and value. And again, you know, there's oceans and there's water bottles, right? This water bottle holds 12 ounces, if I put it under the sink for 12 hours, it's going to hold 12 ounces, right? You put it under, um, or put a hose in the ocean, you don't notice much difference, right? And here's the thing. I'll give you an example of somebody that I know uh, with an SEO company because this is all value-based, this kind of analogy with a water bottle in the ocean. So if you've got two SEO companies that you're going to do a potential promotional video for and one SEO company charges $500 a month per client, a client over the course of 12 months is worth $6,000. Then you have an SEO company that charges $5,000 a month per client. A client to them is worth $60,000. The value of the one client versus the other is far different. So the same thing holds true here right now. You're not necessarily going to be able to charge $20,000 to the guy who a client's only worth six grand if they stay for 12 months, right? But the company that's charging $5,000 a month in this one particular situation my one of my guys long time ago this has been now he did a video for free for this 20 million dollar agency got done with the video they were so impressed by the video they said we didn't think it was going to be this good we got to pay you something for this like this is great and he they said what do you want and they go well and he, and he goes let me get back to you on that and when he got back to him he said i you know friends are telling me that you know maybe three to five thousand dollars they gave him three grand now a guy that makes $60,000 a year doing SEO for people as a solo guy. If you do a free video for him, 
you know, I'm not saying he won't be like grateful and want to pay you money, but probably not going to give you three to five thousand dollars for the thing he just got for free. He's going to be like, thank you so much for that. And so it, it, it's an interesting thing that, that happens. And uh, I'm going to look through here some more for a second. It's very difficult to turn down work that you really want to do. I agree. Price is not always the factor of what we do. The relationship plays a lot into it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So it is. And I got a few notes here as well. You know, um, it's, it's difficult. People who don't value something very high are in charge, you know, willing to pay lower amounts of money because they don't understand the process. There's no relationship and there's no experience created right now. And they're just looking around at other people. Um, and so the thing is, is that the more you charge, the more certainty and confidence in what you do and belief just to charge more alone doesn't matter anything about your I – mean, let me digress. It matters about all these things I'm talking about. But if you yourself don't believe in yourself at all, don't believe you're worth it, don't believe the price is worth it to someone, then you won't even have the courage to charge those higher rates yet. And so a lot of people who are in that you know, $500 to maybe $1,500 range – you know, some of the people I had messages with, they've been doing it for a couple of years and they're still not getting much above that. I know people who have been doing it for six months who are already charging more than $2,500 to $3,500. In fact, the guy who said he got a $38,000 job had been doing it for less than a year, actually had his company for less than a year. And so, um, and I'm actually going to do something with him too as well to kind of talk about that. Um, but I can tell you that the shift in my pricing in my own world through the years came as the more clear I got about the product I offered, the more simpler my product was. If you're enjoying this, give some likes and love. Leave me some comments down there. Give me some rock and rolls. Um, and so the interesting thing is, oh my gosh, Adam Lingenauger is in here? God dang, God dang. <laughs> uh, so the interesting thing is in my career – the simpler my product got, right? Like there was a point in time where I was offering up to nine to 12 videos for my, my wedding company and I was charging $3,500. And go to the fine dining and the simplicity of what you get versus the, the buffet that's, you know, $19.99, you know, the subway model. When I finally went to more or less one deliverable, one deliverable my same day at it because I had done it for free for years and offered all these other things. And the interesting thing was is that when I got crystal clear and certain and confident, because I went from the kid who would go, they go, why would we want a same day edit? Like, wouldn't it be better if you had more than two hours to edit it? Like, why would we want to show it that night? Now, these were people who hadn't experienced it. Experience, key word. But when I had this mental shift and like, I was about to give up in 2010 and sick and tired of doing everything that I was doing and very stressed out and overwhelmed and nine months behind delivering people's other videos in 2010. Um, I decided, you know what? Enough's enough. I talked to a bunch of couples. The main thing they were watching was the same day edit. I was like, well, what about all the other videos? And I'm like, eh, we haven't watched those yet. And some of these people had their DVDs for six months to a year. So I had this bold idea. I called it the my way decision now, not back then that I was going to shoot, edit, dress, speak, pick out the songs, everything my way. Now, I would talk to them and be, again, collaborative, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? If I'm not going to have a blast doing this and create something I'm really proud of and do exactly what I know I love and clients seem to love, then I'm not going to do this at all. But the interesting thing that happened with that shift is that things exploded. 
And rather than taking 50 to 100 hours to complete a wedding and getting $3,500, it now took, say, 20 hours, got $3,500, and went from 8 to 12 videos down to really one and then a basic ceremony and reception edit. But people were happier. I was more excited. I was more pumped about it. And, and that shift in that when people would say, well, wouldn't it be better? And I would be like, yeah, you'd, yeah, that might be right. <laughs> Probably would be better. You know, when I did that and didn't really have any confidence and couldn't back it up, well, people don't have much certainty. And so I couldn't get anybody to pay any extra. So therefore I was like, well, they're paying me to do the normal stuff that mind you, my peers convinced me I needed to do. And I just did that. And then I would do the same day at it as a bonus. I would do it as an extra because I'm like, man, the people love it. I love it. And if I can't convince them to pay for it, then I'm just going to do it anyways because I don't want to be deprived and I don't want them to be deprived. And so that, that ended up being a huge thing. And then I used that to open up doors in the conference and event world and all those things. And you, you can hear my story on other episodes as well of how doing that kind of work opened a door that led to this, that led to that, that led to this, that led to that. And it's been an incredible, incredible ride. But I can tell you that, you know, that shift in having that conversation and being like, well, I don't know about other people. Other people might need more than two weeks to, uh, two hours, you know, two weeks, two months to make a video. But the reality is for me, I make my best, most excellent work when I do that same day at it. There's something, I can't fully explain it, but something comes over me when I have that pressure and I'm there in the moment and there's all those people, there's something powerful for me personally that all the work that you've seen from me, the majority of it out there right now was done in the context of a same day at it because that's all that I ended up then promoting. And having that certainty and that confidence, these people would pay me what I had a hard time selling 12 videos for 3,500. I'm now more or less selling one for the same price for what was less effort. And, and we're programmed in life to think that more money, to get more money, and that's what I used to think. Well, I'm going from, we'll call it 10 videos. How, how do I charge more and then offer 12 or 14? Like what else videos, what more, more hours, more time, more days, more, 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 more can I offer right? The buffet versus the sushi chef, right? Being very specific on what you do. Most, not all, sushi restaurants that are really, really good don't offer pizza and burgers and all this other random stuff, right? They're excellent at their sushi. And so you can be this all-you-can-eat buffet and kind of okay at a whole bunch of things and be the, the subway model and get cheaper rates. That's a model. You can make money. Like subway in these places, they make money off that, right? Right? Or you can shift. And that's just the question, and that's what I love to help people with. Let's make that mental shift. I've been having with my coaching clients, seeing them go from 250 to 500 to 1,000 and incrementally increasing their rates because they're increasing their confidence. They're increasing their clarity. They're increasing their certainty. And so I'm going to share um, a, a quick video, and you can hear in the audio for those of you who just have the audio. But this is something just to show you that person who you're listening to right now and or viewing is not the person who's always, I've not been this confident, if you will. And uh, give some likes and love, and I will share this for those who are new and haven't seen it or heard it before. In 10 years, I hope to uh, have a very successful business um, with my video production stuff. Um, as you can tell, I'm not the actor. <laughs> not at all. Um, I, I like to be behind the camera in front of this, you know, putting stuff together. An amazing 2011. I started with nothing, and um, I've just surrounded myself with really good people, 
And, you know, anything's possible. I'm kind of goofy and uh, kind of awkward in front of the camera because, again, I like to be behind it. Hey everybody, it's Michael Gavin here, and I'm super excited to be with you on Wednesday. We're going to do this video in 60 seconds or less. Thank you very much. Just kidding. All right, let's go at it. So I am fired up. Find what you're passionate about, but keep trying. Even in my trying to find what lights me up, I keep failing. I keep doing things. I keep trying so I can find that thing. Bada bang, bada boom. <laughs> Rock and roll. So, um, you know, and I would, you know, obviously say with anything, practice, 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 practice. I mean, the amount of people I've coached through the years where um, I can see that, yes, if you're new, again, this isn't cold calling random people. This is people are interested in your services. And can you get on the phone? Can you meet with them? And can you have a conversation? And what I would say is, is you shift selling to serving. And this is where when you start to really be passionate about what it is that you do and do for people and maybe even start to do for specific people that you can now have conversations with them that aren't just what do you want, how many hours, how many people, how many cameras, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's my three packages. Which one do you want? But rather make them and you yourself like – Fall in love with them. They fall in love with you. It sounds a little cheesy and like not cliche, but just a little whatever. Woo woo. But I can tell you that, you know, a lot of the people through the years, especially my weddings and different things, we we became friends. Um, And there's a powerful thing to be able to, you know, guide someone. And whether or not they book you or not, that's that's the other part of this. Like whether they book you or not, there's a powerful thing to almost. Whether you book me or not, I just want to make sure you're taken care of. I just want to make sure you understand what's going on. I used to do this a lot with wedding couples. Um, you know, they 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 call me up, and you know, until you have more demand than you have supply, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. If you got more leads than you know what to do with, you might say, "Well, I don't I don't have enough time in a day. I can't get on the phone with everybody." Da da da. Well, that's where I would argue that you potentially need to hire somebody because the year I had reached that, I also did hire somebody and went from. I never grossed more than $160,000 till we went to almost $275,000 the year I hired somebody and then almost $400,000 the year after that. And honestly, then we separated the year after that and I went backwards for a little bit. And so it was fascinating because he filled in my weaknesses. I was kind of like a guy with a bucket with a bunch of holes in it. And when water came in, it would all pour through. And the reality is uh, because I had more leads and things coming in than I could handle, and so I would ignore a lot of things while I was really, really busy. But when I hired him, he was phenomenal at at managing all – no matter where they come from, phone, email, through the door, whatever it was at the time – he would make sure they got followed up and talked to. We would even start to schedule some other shooters, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're in a place where you've got – nothing going on. Some of you were messaging me like I haven't had a job in three months. Well, that's you, 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 then you can get on the phone with somebody and you start to not look at it as this uncomfortable thing. I don't know what to talk about. Um, part of that's because you don't know what you're offering and you're not confident in what you do. And so it's a lot easier to hide and even accept rejection when you don't have to, or you're, you're, you're toning your voice and being scared about what you're going to say or not knowing what to say. But the more you do it, the better you're going to get. And you know, one of the things that because I became at that level, I used to have couples where I'd say, well, here's what you can expect at zero to fifteen hundred. Here's what you can expect at fifteen hundred to five thousand. Here's what you can expect at five thousand and beyond. And the irony is, is 
what a $12,000 wedding video looks like and what a $3,500 wedding video looks like, I can tell you right now, depending on who's you're looking at, there is not a, if you just were to put two videos side by side, there is not a night and day difference. There are people right now in the full-time filmmaker group who are making excellent looking videos and are technically super sound people that really know what they're doing who are hardly making any money right now. And there are people who on certain levels are not making as good of a final product. And this is what I'm gonna say, the difference between an amateur and a professional is not always the product, the final product that they're making, right? I mean, God, our phones, the new iPhone that came out, they're talking about incredible photos, right? It is no longer just the, the final product of what it is that you're selling. You're not just selling on quality. There has to be more to the conversation. There has to be more to the experience that's happening because if it's just about a final product, there are tons of people at all skill levels who know that. But here's the difference. A guy who's been in it for 17 years but only did 17 weddings and a guy who's been in it for two years and has already done over 30 weddings, that person in two years has more experience than a guy who's done it for 17 but only did 17 weddings. And so the thing is, a person who's a professional versus an amateur, well, the amateur who's shot three weddings doesn't have a clue all the different challenges that could potentially pop up. And then are they going to be on the fly to deal with that? Not necessarily. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. That was kind of my thing with the, the Tony example earlier, right? I don't know these other people, whether they're pros or amateurs. I don't know. But here's what I know about me and how long I've been doing this and what we're going to do and what we're going to bring to the table. And that's the thing. Like somebody who's been doing it a lot longer and has experienced a lot one can use all that as firepower in conversations that they have with people. Go, well, I've done this, you know, da, da, da. I've been doing this for a number of years now. We've worked with a lot of people. And when I've seen what you're saying right now, and we've been to an event like this before, many times actually, da, 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 right? These things are powerful. But when you, of course, are starting out, I mean, you do need to get the experience and potentially get the lower rates. I don't want, I want to rid people of price shaming, right? When people are like, oh, I only got $800. I've only got $500. Well, I did my first three weddings for free. Well, I'm not getting that much. Don't be shameful. This, I should have said that right out of the gate. This is not a shame game. This is not a matter of you're a shameful person and you're disgracing the industry and all these other nasty things that horrible people say to people when they're not charging a lot. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. It's just a matter of I want people to get to do what they love with clients they love, projects they love, the kind of work they love, and get paid well for it. That's what's important to me. I don't care whether you even want to be a videographer or a photographer or any other kind of earner. I don't care. I want people to get to do what they love. If you've chosen self-employment or entrepreneurship, why would you want to create a situation and a circumstance and a, and a job that's worse than employment? Right? There can be employment. I know people who are employed who are much happier than some people who are self-employed right now because the work they're doing all the time, they feel like they're in a cage and in jail because they're actually not doing things that they're really excited about. And maybe they were for a while, but then they didn't have the courage to say no to things. And they kept getting more and more of the thing that they did in the beginning. And they knew it wasn't the thing, but they kept saying yes and yes and yes and yes until now their schedule is completely filled, self-employed with things they're not excited to do. So I read a couple things out of here. The money will follow the passion. It might take longer than the quick gigs for cash, but in the long run, you'll make more doing those passions and won't have the burnout dragging your feet mentality. In my opinion, I'd rather make less doing what I love than make tons of money and be miserable. Oh my God, Michael. Sometimes it's a hard lesson to accept and turn down big numbers, but it can be huge for the business in the long run. 
Here's one quick thing I'm going to say about that. When I was 19 years old, you're pretty young. I literally, I don't know where it came from, but my story was if I want to do what I love, it means getting by. And if I want to make a lot of money, it means being miserable. I don't fully know. I've found out a lot of these little nuggets of things through the years. That one I haven't fully figured out necessarily where I fully got that thought process, but I had it. And I can promise you that it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. The irony was the more money I made, the more I continued to continue to just get by. So the kid who lived in his parents' basement, who you know made $4,000 his junior year in high school, got by. Just fine. Probably better than actually what I'm about to say. The kid who had a business who almost made $400,000 was getting by because my behaviors around money, my mindset and my story around money was getting by. So I did everything to make sure that all I did was still get by. And that's why mindset is so powerful because our beliefs of what we think is possible, it's interesting what you want, what you desire, what you think about the most, what you believe to be possible or not possible. These things on certain levels, whether they take a week, a month, or five years, will more than likely come true. So no matter how much money Michael Denton, who's on the call, you make, if you don't be careful, you will always be in a state of continuing to increase your income and continuing to do things that make sure you still continue to get by. And my thing is I've had weird money mindsets for a long time. In the last few years, I've been really breaking those down and to realize that there should be no shame around a creative making a lot of money and being abundant and rather than lack, rather than I got to get by. It's not good to make a lot of money. And if I make any amount of money, let me burn through it as fast as possible so I'm back to nothing again. And I've lived that for a long time, and to me, enough is enough in that in that scenario. So, um, a couple more things here, real quick. Let's do sense of things. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Hope that makes sense, Michael. Uh, sometimes it's not just the client wants a high quality, good looking video or specific reasons why they want a video. Maybe it's to build relationships with the customers. Maybe save time doing other things in their business. Maybe it's to increase revenue, relive memories. When on the call or in person, it's important to talk about these reasons rather than a nice looking video. Absolutely. That's a big part of this that we're talking about. It is not just a fancy video for sure. 1000%. That's the thing. You have to have the conversation. It is collaborative and it is finding out their reasons why they're looking to have a video and how I said the one thing, right? If you're able to have the conversation and identify that a video, one client this could potentially get them $60,000 worth of work. That's something for them to go, wow, we've never looked at it that way. This video just gets it. So it doesn't mean automatically they're going to pay 60 grand for the video, but I can tell you they're going to pay a lot more than you may have thought or they may have thought when they start to wrap the value around. And, and what are they trying to do? They may just be, I mean, I've seen many of people through the years get paid a lot of money through agencies and things I've worked with on internal videos. These videos don't even see the light of day. They're not even external in any way, shape, or form. They're not on social media. They're not on their website. They are literally internal videos. I've uh, One that sticks out, I remember, was, oh my gosh, I haven't told this story in a long time, and I'll probably be re-ramping down here soon. Um, if you're enjoying this, give some likes and love. So it was interesting. There was... Um, I was in on this meeting, and I remember the lady saying they were already more or less greenlit for this whole thing, but towards the end of the process, the lady said, I just want to let you know that the uh, 
the project that this was all for? It's been canned. Okay? It's been canned. Now, you'd imagine if you're working with a client that the project you were going to work with them on ultimately was not going to be used. Do you not think they'd try to get out of the project, not do the project, not pay for the project? Normally, you can guarantee somebody who's probably not spending a bunch of money isn't going to want to still pay even $5,000 for something that they're not going to use. And you haven't done it yet. But in this situation, I'll never forget the lady said, but we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it because we love the process and we love like the whole thing. And we still want to go through the process of making the whole video. This is going to be so much fun. We can't wait to get all the team involved. So they were still going to make an over $100,000 project with this company for fun because they had that kind of money to spend that they more or less had to spend anyways. And so for them, the experience of the value of this, the experience was more important than the fact that they weren't even going to use it and it was an internal video. So experience is so important. Let's rock this one out here for today. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure. And uh, thank you all for listening and I uh, hope this was helpful. I always love, you know, shameless plug here. I'm definitely an affirmation guy. Uh, I've learned that there's a book called the five love languages that are, uh, you know, the, the, the guy who did our officiating in our wedding, you know, had us read a number of other people have suggested it. I highly do suggest it. And, uh, you know, there's different love languages and one of my love languages is affirmation. So if you are loving this, if you are listening, if you are viewing and you have found value in this one and, or any others or many others, let me know. I love hearing from you. I love hearing what breakthroughs you've had. So rock and roll. Have a good day. We'll talk soon. Till next time. 